0: All right. Here we go. Um, Welcome, everybody. This is, uh, let's see, Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. This is the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast and also the summer iTech350 course, Real World IT Seminar. Um, Happy to have our guest today, Stephen Fox. Uh, We were chatting and catching up a little bit. Um, He was a student who... I had you, you said about 10 years ago and graduated, went on to do some cool things, did some cool things while he was in school and before, Um, just a fun guy. I remember you just being, um, having a great, having a great (laughs) sense of humor. Um, That's what I remember. And you know what, that, I don't want to say in all cases, but that tends to be who I have on this podcast, Um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is fun because that makes it, you know, enjoyable Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed having you in class. Uh, you sat up front, if I remember correctly, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the students who sat up front are always the absolute best students. Um, not always. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but that, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of how I remember you. Um, let's, let's introduce you, Stephen Fox. You're from St. Louis originally, right? St. Louis, South, South St. Louis, if I remember. Yep. Yep um and and uh tell us just a, a little bit about yourself um maybe you know what what you like to do for fun um and then we'll start talking about um your your career and how you got interested in technology your time in the service uh and, and stuff like that
1: sure so I guess yeah I guess I'll just start yeah I guess one of my big hobbies is I enjoy playing ice hockey I play ice hockey probably like two or three times a week awesome. um a lot of fun. I actually, I'm going up to Canada next week to play in a tournament with a bunch of guys I play on a team with, Um, you know, how I got started in tech. I, I was young. I was a young kid. Uh, I broke my family's computer a number of times, just kind of taking it apart, loading it with viruses, you know, with Kazaa and everything else.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, LimeWire, the old days of downloading without uh, <laughs> without safety nets. <laughs>
0: Before you could get letters from your ISP or that was about the time you did, that started?
1: I don't even know if ISP eh, it was probably a little a couple of years after I started that those really started coming out but you know given your given your computer viruses all the time just so mm-hmm. that way you know you learn something um I guess more about me uh you know I graduated from SIU in 2014 the way I remember it is December so 12 13 14 December 13th 2014 easy mm-hmm. to remember um so yeah, since then I've done a a lot of stuff. I started working for Boeing right out of uh, SIU. Am I jumping into this too quick? By the way, or do we'll, you have?
0: It? Oh yeah, we'll we'll go through it. We I've got I've got a little itinerary. Okay. Um, so, can anything else you want to say?
1: Um, I guess you wanted me to touch on the military career, right? We'll do Sorry. that too.
0: So, ice hockey. Uh, huge hockey fan myself um we didn't you know I grew up here in Carbondale never had the opportunity to play ice hockey loved playing roller hockey big St. Louis Blues fan um how about that Stanley Cup a couple years ago that was amazing
1: it was a lot of fun it's kind of blurry there in the celebration phase of it were you hanging out with Brett Hull was that the deal on the street yeah of course I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it was blurry <laughs> i'm not saying there's a picture of me somewhere with brett hall in the background but there's a possibility awesome uh, yeah no it was a it was a great time i i got down there for the parade at like six in the morning that was like that was an awesome time and then yeah talking about hockey down there i mean we played roller hockey at that old tennis court right behind the towers in that parking lot i what lo- big group of me uh it's me uh drew Ehrenhardt if you remember him uh-huh, with dory Yeah, 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 yep. We all used to play back there for the longest time. Had that little roller hockey club going. Oh, who is Ira Altman was running that with us. Okay, was Gavin part of that? Yeah, I think he was awesome. Trying to remember the group. We have a big team photo somewhere. I had to dig that up. That's That's on my old book I deleted. That's pretty cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I
0: remember hearing about that, and I remember Gavin kind of um, suggesting that I try to get some skates and, and I probably didn't tell anybody, but I did actually get some skates and I, I could skate a little bit. I couldn't really shoot very well. I did fall and my skates broke. So that was the end of my attempt to get back into it in the early 2010s.
1: Sounds um, like you should get in front of the net screen, the goalie for a bit. You know,
0: my dad, uh, he was he was a goalie growing up and so that's how I got into hockey and this isn't hockey talk guys but we'll we'll continue on <laughs> to the tech stuff but um, he when he moved to Wentzville and uh, got divorced from one of his wives he thought you know what I could get back into hockey and so he bought goalie gear and he uh, went out to someplace out in in O'Fallon Missouri I think and started playing and realized after like two or three days out there or afternoons or whatever that he was like 50 something and too old and there was no way in heck he was playing hockey so we we put his goalie stuff on on uh Craigslist and sold it for him but we did uh as a as a throwback to when I was a kid when he was in his 50s he put that goalie stuff on and we shot pucks at him in the basement you know just slap shots as hard as we could um and that was that was a fun thing I remember um but let's, let's, let's move on. I could talk about hockey for a long time. Um, and I could talk about baseball for just as long, unfortunately now, (laughs) but, um, but we're here to talk about your career and what you've done and some of the neat tech stuff that you've been in. Um, I can, I can relate, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit older than you, but, uh, about the time you were getting viruses on your computer using LimeWire, I was, um, working in Chicago for a, um, consulting company. And one of the things we did was go out and fix computers of people's whose kids had got viruses from downloading, uh, on, on, on the different peer-to-peers with LimeWire and stuff like that. And I can remember seeing, man, these guys have really interesting tastes in music. Um, and, and I, I, I enjoyed that time. It was, it was fun, but it was a cesspool. Um, all the just terrible, terrible malware. And just, you know, some of it was so obvious. Now, I mean, looking back on it, but I guess, you know, when you're a kid and you're exploring the internet and you need your free MP3s, you got to do what you got to do.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. So did you, um, which, what high school did you go to? I know St. Louis, that's an important question.
1: Of course, Melville High School.
0: Melville. Okay. And did they have anything in the tech space? I I always ask this because I know it's it's interesting to know what people in high school had available to them because some had nothing and others had pretty cool stuff, like even up to like Cisco programs and things.
1: Yeah. So all we had was just a web design and which is basic HTML stuff, you know, hello world. Um, Yeah, exactly. That was it. I mean, that's all we had. Um, Wasn't anything else at all.
0: So you got to just, I mean, you just had to learn kind of on the fly with your uh, your own personal home computer. Uh, yep. I, I can relate to that. Um, after you got out of high school, did you did you start in the reserves or did you, um, what did you do right after high school?
1: So actually, while I was in high school, I was in the National Guard. I was in my junior year. Okay. Uh, I did what they call the simultaneous membership program. So basically that summer between my junior, senior year, I went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for basic training. Um finished that, came back, finished high school, and then went to my job school at Fort Lee, Virginia. And I was there for 10 months. And I actually did nothing with computers at the oh, start of my okay. that. was the and next I, question. I started, yeah, I started uh actually doing chemical equipment repair and uh like trucks, like mechanic. But um the military did offer a lot of free courses and stuff on computers, and I took those along like the side just to do. Um it was like basic it stuff primarily a lot of what i focused on was like networking mm-hmm. and network like how the network protocols work network stack ip addressing it basic stuff and the important stuff right but um yeah since the military offered it for free take it mm-hmm. <laughs> like, take advantage of the free stuff while you can no matter where you are good advice yeah
0: and and so you got done with your stint in the National Guard and then went to SIU or did you stop someplace first, a community college or what was the, what was kind of the sequence of, uh, getting into school and starting with your study on, uh, at an IST.
1: So actually after my job school, I decided to just go right into college and do ROTC at the same time. They offered up a good, good deal for it. Right. I didn't have to pay for school because I had the GI bill. And since I was in the Illinois National Guard and SIUC is an Illinois state school, they have a tuition waiver so I didn't even have to worry about that my GI bills go to my kids so awesome um, yeah and then uh yeah and so I did ROTC as as another thing just to become an officer um and then my military stint actually ended once I graduated college there was a uh, paperwork issue and uh that back that was when uh politics were involved and so they since they lost paperwork they just kind of opted me out um for the medical medical deal so okay it's what it is and yeah. uh but I wouldn't be where I am today if it didn't happen that's how I look at it
0: and I remember that time frame we had a ton of vets um who were you know in in different uh stages of their career getting in or getting out or being part of things and um a lot of really great people that I met at, at that time. It was it was cool because um, the 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 benefits, like you said, were 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 um, were good. And so just a ton of great folks that I I remember from that time. Um, and and so you when you were at SIU, um, what did you do besides studying? We talked about the the roller hockey club. Um, were you a student worker?
1: What what else did you do? I mean, so since I had the National Guard and ROTC, ROTC didn't need to gave work. us a snipe and I didn't have to work. But I mean, ROTC was almost like a job every other weekend. We were doing something with that. And then the National Guard, I had one weekend, somewhere I was gone. So, I mean, I was always busy doing something. And then I'd always mm-hmm. drop in on the, the SIU dogs when I could, the security dogs when I could, just mm-hmm. to drop in. I never I never got to join because ROTC took up a lot of my time. So, uh, But I was always happy to drop in a few times here and there just to like listen and learn. Um, but that's primarily... I mean, what I did, any,
0: any specific memories or things you, um, have from any of the classes you took or things that you, you know, kind of stuck out or you remember being useful. Um, anything like that?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. I wish you would have sent me that in an email so I could think even harder on this one.
0: You know what? I'm uh-huh. going to add that to the survey.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't say there's one specific class. But I would say just the overall experience at SIU um, and the classes and the and the people I was with and how everything was structured was great. I mean, I learned a lot, even just from computer history class, just on how the progression of hardware has come
0: mm-hmm. to the
1: basic program, mobile programming class that I had with. Sheryl? Oh,
0: was that with Sheryl? Might, might have been. Kind of littler guy.
1: Spanish guy, Spanish speaking guy.
0: Oh, oh, was it Andre?
1: There you go. Okay, that's
0: right. He was yeah. from Bra- he was from Brazil. Oh, well, so I'm Portuguese.
1: Just with languages. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, class with him and like learning mobile programming with with a great group of people. And and I remember the group. The thing I remember is the group project with that. We went to the library and we used those screens and computers for like three days straight, sitting there programming a kids learning app. And that, and that was, was when those mom. were
0: brand new. I think when they made the library fancy.
1: It was awesome. We enjoyed it. Um, so I guess that would be a good memory is the, is the group project we did. And I, I worked with a lot of great people there. Marcus Ziegler. If you remember him. Yeah, I remember him. I should, yep. I should look him up too. Yeah. I'm just going to keep dropping names randomly through this. I'm going to write them
0: down. I'm going to write them down and <laughs> check him out on LinkedIn afterwards. Oh, he's um, done Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I think I wrote, I think I did contact him last year, um, but I'll, I'll check on him again. He would be cool. He was fun also.
1: Um, what did you like to do outside of school? Pizza? Quatro's. Going uh, to Quatro's was always a win. Okay. Going to quatros I don't know what it's like down there anymore. I mean, we all used to go out to, to everything. I heard everything's kind of changed down there, but, uh. It's a little
0: different, but there's some things that are better. There's some things that are uh, maybe not as cool. Some things that haven't changed the same, like, like And Except cool, yes. the, the big thing now is that the Dairy Queen just had to be kind of uh they were stripped of their their corporate um right franchise so they're gonna remove the sign yesterday I think and putting up a a new independent ice cream shop there so that that should be fun
1: there was a breakfast place we used to go to right boss next- yeah yeah
0: Alex, yeah Alex Alex who I met with earlier just said he had went to Harba today lucky yeah I, I went
1: to- the there man how that was that was it
0: yep Yep, that that that's true. I I ate there for lunch last week. That was a, that was good food. Man, now I'm hungry. I didn't eat lunch yet today, and it's twelve. I
1: haven't, I haven't either. I've been in calls all morning.
0: Awesome. Um. Okay. So you uh you you went directly from SIU to Boeing, and hmm. you
1: did you go into the uh, ITCFP? Yeah. So I did that and rotated. Tell us, tell us what that is. Yeah. So Boeing offered a thing called the ITCFP. Um, Basically, you rotate between-
0: Which is the IT Career Foundation program, right?
1: Yes. Sorry. Um, You rotate between three different jobs uh, each year. And uh, my first position I held uh, was a project manager um, for mobile applications. Um, And basically what I did there, and I was in California for that. I I went to Huntington Beach. It was a good time there. Um, Is that Los Angeles? Close. Yeah. South um traffic's terrible but um uh had a great time had a lot of great experiences like uh just kind of dealing with all kinds of different teams within mobile application development and learning that developmental life cycle and how each each leg of it is tackled um you know i'm not super i'm I'm not like a hey this is one scripting language this is where i'm at Uh, i got like a little base of everything and Mm -hmm. Going into that with all these different teams really helped out a lot um, because I was able to kind of talk to them and then kind of understand the time that's needed to program certain areas uh, and just put more thought behind it when talking to each of the team members. Because if you come in not knowing as a project manager, the base, just kind of the base knowledge of everything, you're going to be lost in the sauce. Right. And, and you know, they might not take you as serious as well when you're when you're trying to make deadlines. So um, yeah, that was my first position. My second one, uh, I actually did application development for mobile applications back in St. Louis. And um, again, it was kind of like base stuff. A lot of it was like looking up stuff on the fly and learning languages on the fly. And uh, I did that for a year. Uh, it was a good time. It's very challenging. I, I enjoy a challenge, and that's why I kind of picked that one. Um, and then after that, I got put onto the cybersecurity operations center for Boeing. Uh, and that one I ended up signing with for the rest of my career there, which I guess was five years if I do my math, right? That sounds about that's right. that's what you wrote, yeah. 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 Is that what my LinkedIn says? I, kind I, of... I
0: think that was on your, your survey, yeah. There we go. Um,
1: and there I started off just as an analyst. And basically what that operation center does is it monitors everything coming in and out of Boeing from the firewalls at the edge to every system inside Um, and you know we are all we were also a call center for people to call in if they had any sort of security thoughts worries whatever incident response yep yep so we know a lot with people calling with serious stuff or and then a lot of people just being like my mouse isn't working and we're like that's not Not a a virus yeah yeah, you definitely don't have a virus that's just taking your mouse away (laughs) like that's not how that works (laughs) Uh, so Yeah, the big thing there was always like phishing stuff. Um, We dealt with phishing attacks constantly. Um, You know, sometimes the email filters catcher that stuff. But, uh, you know, somebody writes a good one, they get by. And so the Boeing, you know, Boeing is a
0: company that people think of initially with airplanes and and rightly so, um, but they do tons of other stuff. And some of it up to the point of, you know, national security related um, projects and technologies. And so did you, and and I know you can't speak to everything, but did you have, um, did you, did you have those types of threat actors that you were responding to, you know, people who were being targeted for their, you know, access to high level or, or secret type of, of, of information?
1: Yeah. So you'd see spear phishing attacks that targeted the execs okay. all the time, or even some some people who had certain levels of access to data you know um mm-hmm. and some you know or they get by the filter like i said or they wouldn't and they luckily a lot of people are trained really well on phishing uh within those bigger companies to report it and th- that's how they get caught most of the time um but yeah, so we saw we saw that quite a bit. I mean, it's Boeing. Yeah, it, it, big I mean, company always is always going to have a targeted group, exactly,
0: uh, and yeah. and targeted from a few probably you know a few of the the big kind of usual subjects or suspects that are out there. Um, and and you know that's that's the thing that um, I am happiest to see the most is just the awareness around phishing. Um, as a primary, you know, way of, of bad guys getting into your organization and, and people understanding that really, you know, the, the you know, the, the second shift team lead in manufacturing can be a target, you know, they're important too, not just the CTO and the CEO, um, which is which is tremendously important um, and, and people well, too- being aware.
1: It's who has access first, right? Like you can chain an attack off of just getting somebody's low-level clearance. You, you, If you're able to get into their stuff, you chain it off of them, maybe make another phishing attack that's asking somebody higher up to them a question that they would probably get an answer for, but you're disguised as them, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it could be a chain of attacks all in one.
0: Yeah, and and I saw um, something I reported to SIU. It looked like somebody's email account had been compromised, and, and came directly from them. Some sort of a question with a link, not too long ago. Um, so, so yeah, that's you know those those types of things that you know don't necessarily have uh, consistent um, signatures associated with them are the things that are most worrisome. I'd say in in a lot of in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so that, that must've been fun. You were, so you were doing like the sock type stuff for, uh, for Boeing for five years or something like that. It looked like, um, and, and responding to, a, all sorts of different things. Were there any tools that you used a lot that you can mention just so we can hear their names and maybe look into them a little more?
1: So Splunk is a big tool that a lot of corporations use and, and yes. bigger use. Um breaks down just about anything you need, whether it's network packets or you Log know logs and everything, right? It, that that's a huge deal is knowing Splunk, I find. Um, as far as like your base stuff goes, any of the just the basic Windows tools that can be used to investigate, uh, just knowing how to understand how uh, Windows event logs, being able to read and understand what Windows event logs mean, Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's a tool. So, yeah. oh yeah, uh, those would be the big things, really. in today's stuff, um, they make it way easier with Splunk.
0: No I mean, kidding. And we've had over the the couple of years I've been doing this and having the class speakers. Uh, do you remember Jared Seats? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he is doing so much with Splunk. I see on LinkedIn he posts like his new Splunk certification every other week. Um, but but he's he's somebody who who I just am super impressed with that guy and what he's done and, and just a Splunk, you know, expert. Um, yep. um, but I've also been hearing a, a lot about, was it Sumo Logic and uh, Radar is what we're kind of looking to get into and learn here, maybe yep. a little more accessible and a little tighter of a, a security tool for us to teach in class. That's one of the things I've got on my to-do list is to go through some of the IBM Q Radar stuff that they have available to uh, academia
1: yeah and that's a great tool
0: cool so you're familiar
1: with that I I wouldn't say familiar I've okay I've, then I won't a bug you <laughs> with
0: the technical <laughs> questions I've had trying to get it installed on Red Hat uh, <laughs> good luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so the the Boeing stuff um the career foundation program pretty cool Boeing has um you know long time been an SIU uh, we, we, we were, I think they called us a it career focus college or school or something
1: like that. You worked with three people from SI. So yeah. Who are they? Big. Um, so, I mean, Dory was one, right? Dory, Awesome. And then, um, oh, Lord is a Brian. I can't remember his last name. Gosh, you asked me these questions I, again, put this on a survey. Do you know any older people from your jobs? Um, Dory was one of them. Oh man. I can't remember the other two right now. I just remember the first name, Brian. All right. Sorry. That's, that's on me.
0: That's okay. They'll listen to this hopefully. And they'll be like, <laughs> they'll have little tear come down. He didn't, he didn't remember me. Um,
1: oh, no, probably everybody I know razzes me if I forget something. So I'll get raz more than a teardrop will come down.
0: <laughs> so the, the career, uh foundation program um we had for for many years just Boeing would come down in fall they would um come to the career fair they would get tons of resumes from students and then they would hold interviews first interviews on campus the next couple of days students would come in they'd go through these you know regimented kind of uh very methodical Boeing interviews that nobody can talk about which I respect and understand um and and then they would know and this is what was cool they would know you know November December January that they had a job at Boeing come graduation in um May or an internship and and similar with our our December grads you know um that type of thing happened um but something recently shifted within Boeing um and and I don't know if if that has to do with where you're at now, or if there's anything you want to speak to about that, or or if I should just say something, or what? Because you're the first ex Boeing person I've got this summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a large shift at Boeing to begin with. I mean, uh, Boeing is a great place to work. Let me start with that. It, it's yeah. a very great place to work. But every business has its down downturns and changes that they have to make to. For everything so I mean yeah there was a shift in in just IT and and, and and overall uh when I was there and then leaving just finding the new opportunities why I had to go um I just so they re- they
0: they went and they they contracted Dell right yeah and and they contracted Dell to come in and take over like a, a huge chunk of the IT people And St Louis is a, a big IT hub for Boeing um so um, you know, what, like you said, companies do things for different reasons. And, uh, sometimes, um, people don't understand, especially the people who are affected by that. Um, but bottom line is Boeing's a public company. Um, and so they're beholden to their shareholders to do what public companies do. And that's to make a profit, um, among, you know, the other things that they do and produce for the United States and the world. Um, but it affected, I'm sure, a ton of of Salukis and uh, how Boeing interacts with S I U for for future um, employees because now it's now it's Dell, um, and and that 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 changes things. So, um, so so you decided a year and a half ago to to see what else you might be up to or could get yeah, into. Yeah, maybe
1: two years in the next year uh, next month next month two years i think is what i'm at
0: okay and and so do you want to talk a little bit about your career shift or your search or when you decided that you were going to look at other opportunities what were you interested in what where did you look did i mean did you go to linkedin where you did you did you post the looking for work on your
1: profile or how did how did things happen so before I go on to the next job, I do want to say one thing about Boeing, and I apologize. Yeah. I should, should mention this. Uh, this goes back on to learning constantly. I took a bunch of certifications there, and then I also got my master's degree uh, while there because they have a great education. I think it's still there. Um, I think it's still available to where they basically cover your master's degree 100% or your PhD, whatever, but you have to give them like five years. And so it's guarantee... got to
0: be related to your job or your future. Is that true? or
1: No, you, you can... Take a master's class. You could they just,
0: don't. You could be Get like, it. hey, I think I'm interested in Civil War history.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's the way that's, that it was written out to me. But I mean, good. I took cybersecurity technologies, so I, I stayed within it. Right. Uh, and
0: University of Maryland or University of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, no, University
1: uh, of Maryland. University, University College. college UMC. That's yeah.
0: a, And that's a huge, very respected college in
1: the cyber area. It's great. It was a great program. I had a great time doing it. And, uh, uh, yeah, but to, 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 the reason I wanted to bring that up is just, yeah, you might have to give a company five years, but like we just discussed Boeing changing. If they would have gotten rid of me, I got free education because mm-hmm. in contract, if they got rid of you, then you still have to pay that back. It's only if you leave voluntarily. Mm-hmm. So always like if there's an education program that's offered through a school, look at it or through a school, through a through a job employer. that you get. Yeah, yeah, employer. Um, you know, look at it and try to just push yourself to go that extra bit. Um, because I mean education's great, especially in this field with it always changing. Um yeah, if you and, get
0: the opportunity, do it. And that's and and we'll
1: don't don't forget about
0: these certifications. But one thing I you know, as being in this career, I'll be in this career 16 years as of uh, September, um, which is crazy because I have a 16-year-old kid, um, and he's only ever known me to be. All my kids have only ever known me to be a professor, despite me working in IT for 10 or 11 years before starting. Um, but one of the things that I've I've been asked constantly has been about graduate school. And and whether students should consider graduate school, um, and I've I've kind of had this this opinion and this and this this answer for a long time that, and I, I think it's still relevant. Maybe you can speak to that. But by and large, in in a graduate degree with no work experience is not that useful, um, and to go into debt. Even further into debt in some cases to get a graduate degree to try to make yourself more marketable to a a um, you know an industry that has just tons and tons of opportunities isn't necessarily the best case for most people and so what I always tell people is if you're that if you know you know if you know you want to be a uh, get a grad degree find a company that's going to pay for it get your experience and get your part-time schooling. Because one thing that I found is with the graduate school, I was so much better of a student when I had been working and had taken the knowledge that I had gained in undergrad and was applying it at my job and could better choose classes and had a better idea of what I was interested in, what I wanted to do in grad school. And then I let my company pay for it. And like, like you said, I I worked for ICE in here in in Marion, loved it. It was a good place to work. Uh, They paid for my entire master's degree, 100%. And then like two or three, I I got my degree and I jokingly sent to the HR um, manager over HR. I said, hey, I got my degree. When do I get that pay raise? And they were like, ha, ha, ha and and it was funny because like shortly after this job as a professor came open and and I got it um and and it was just you know kind of an amazing opportunity I had that if I hadn't gotten that education while I was doing working and and gaining experience I wouldn't have qualified for so like you said take advantage of education grad school's awesome Uh, Grad school is even more awesome when you're 23, 24, 25 and have seen some things and you're not just signing on for another loan thinking you're going to get an extra 20 grand when you graduate with that second degree, because that's not how it usually works. Different, you know, obviously some circumstances are different, but so tell us about what you tell us about these certs, because that's also extremely important in our industry.
1: Yeah. So I mean a lot of the free certs. I mean, I went to the, the SLU workforce. Uh Boeing had a contract with them. I mm-hmm. did a couple of uh networking, like they're just kind of SLU workforce certifications. Um, and then I took their class to do the CISSP. Um, I will be completely honest with you, I did not did not pass that the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I went to SANS for the Red Hat class, the Red Hat Hacker class, the ba- the first one. Missed that by a question. Retried it and retried it and uh, had my kid and didn't uh, didn't do it again because I was like I don't have the time. Um, but even if you don't have the cert, you've got that knowledge. Yep, exactly. And, it, and I have all the books. Like even all the books go a, a long way with using Metasploit and everything else, and and how this that basic tool works, um, and using scripts like that. Um, and then I ended up my wife convinced me to do the CISSP test again. And I swear, I swear, I swear that was the most hardest study sessions I've ever done in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, three months straight. she She's a lawyer. And um. awesome. So if there was a time where I wasn't reading my CISSP book, she made sure there was time for me to read that CISSP book and I was doing it. And uh, I, I went back and I ended up passing it with flying colors. And it was a, it was a, it was awesome. It was like weight lifted off my shoulders. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think that CISSP is like a big technical thing. And you know, it's, it's really, it's technical. I mean, there's some technical stuff in there, but it's more of a managerial kind of certification.
0: I think they, they say an inch, an inch deep and a mile wide. Yes. uh, Content.
1: Yes. I mean, there are questions about security cameras and which way they should point. Like and which and
0: fire fine. extinguisher types for which circum you know, things like things like that. And then you get throw- you know, software development life cycle security questions and, yep. and all sorts of stuff.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, if there's a fire, I'm throwing all the extinguishers in the area at it. That's
0: that's, that's how I'm going to play it at this point. I would I would agree with you. <laughs> Hold on a second, uh, fire. I've got to go check my CISSP study material. In the
1: manual. Just check if <laughs> I got the right one. Um, but yeah, those certs, I mean, they're great. Um, they they go a long way um as far as like they, they get you interviews and you, you got to be able to talk to the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, In every interview I've ever done, even interviewing people, um, you know, if you're not able to talk to the stuff that you know, you're you're not going to go far in an interview. Everybody's looking for for somebody who can talk. Um, it was always funny because ever since I was like in kindergarten, everybody's every teacher has ever written on my report card that I love to talk. Um, that's why I have you on here. And, and Brad Heggie, I mean, in his class, he, he nicknamed me mouth cause I would not stop talking or a- asking questions about stuff. And, uh, it, you know, and that's paid off a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've talked to many groups of high schoolers and, uh, and, uh, a couple other people, uh, colleges, and they asked me what, what's, what's a great thing to have in this field. And it's just the ability to communicate effectively to anybody in the industry. Um, like I'm yeah, able to, at, a,
0: at whatever level that you need to.
1: Yep. So, I mean, I, I talk talked to executives. Well, hey, do you want me to go into my job stuff now? Or I guess I, I I'm trailing off. In the let's let's I'm do all-
0: it. So let's, let's talk about you. You talked about, well, maybe one thing first. Um, what was your job search like when you went to, um, to, to to go for a new opportunity from leaving Boeing after five, five years in that
1: one role. So it's actually kind of funny. Um during my paternity leave um, with Boeing from my first kid, uh, a friend of mine who was at Boeing but left and went to CrowdStrike called me up, and she goes, "Hey, there's this new dark web stuff that they're trying to spin up here. Are you interested?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty interested in that. Let's let's talk." And like five hours later, um, I get a call from this manager. He goes, "I hear you're into dark web," and I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, what what do you want to do? He goes, Do you want a job? And I'm like, Yeah, I would what can you give me more description? He's like, Well, we're trying to build a tool out that does dark web research for companies and and uh you know, trying to build a team that analyzes that data for them. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. He goes, Cool, we'll uh we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Click, that was the end of that conversation. So that's got how a- you got a job. Yeah, basically, that's how I got a job. I got a call from uh, the the director of that team. And he goes, just asked me like some basic questions. What's my hobbies? He goes, you seem pretty cool. And you seem like you know what you're talking about. You want the job, we'll send you an offer. I'm like, okay. Hour later, I got a job offer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ended up leaving Boeing a month into my paternity leave. Um, Still gave my two weeks, of course, out of respect yeah. and back yeah. to my two weeks. And um. Yeah, that's that that's how my job searching went, uh, is knowing people. Uh that, and that's, that's kind of a big deal. That's huge. Uh, yeah.
0: you know, the the networking is uh absolutely huge. Um so when somebody calls you and says, I hear you're into the dark web, that could lead to some interesting, you know, some interesting follow-up. So I'm I'm glad that worked out for you.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> are you fed? <laughs>
0: So, so good that that's pretty neat, you know, and, um, and the connections that you make really do, they, 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 they appear unexpectedly at great times often. Um, so, so that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that that worked out for you. So, so then you end up, you've got a a brand new first kid, uh, is it a little boy?
1: Oh, no, the first a girl,
0: little girl. girl. Awesome. It's a Bella. Yeah. He's awesome. And, and so you've got a, a new baby and you've got a job offer from CrowdStrike. Um, tell us what CrowdStrike is and and what they what they do, what they're famous for, and then what else they do.
1: Yeah, so I mean, CrowdStrike's known for their endpoint protection system. It basically runs in the, ker- the kernel layer. It's it's really high speed. Is that Falcon? Right? Yep, Falcon. Uh, that's like the overall platform. So the Falcon platform has thirty or forty modules in there there's a high number um and they all do different stuff right um but primarily the big one is is that endpoint detection stuff so it sends all the logs to the cloud you're able to pull it up on your browser and basically go through it like a sim um depending on what what you have um enabled within the falcon environment which modules Um, that you
0: pay for you got to pay for each module that you want to be correct
1: and Right now, it's like businesses only. It's not like Norton Antivirus, where you can just go out and buy one single subscription for your right. one computer, right? Um, but yeah, so that's the big thing that they're known for. The other, the other thing is the Intel space that CrowdStrike, and that's where I work in now. Um, and so, like we we have adversary profiles for each country, criminals and so on. They, you, you probably see them every so often, like mentioned like Fancy Bear for for Russia, yeah, and so. on. Um, there's some great, great names. Yeah. And and, you know, what's really funny is that Intel isn't really pushed on until you get into the workforce, in my opinion, like in school, you don't really, you're dealing a lot with just tech learning and everything else, but the Intel space is huge because with cybersecurity always changing and different threats out there, you know, the intelligence of knowing, Hey, like these people just got affected Last month with this, here's the signatures all involved, you know, go out and you can put this in your environment if you feel like you can be affected by this. Uh, or if you know, like, like I said, well, we're doing dark web stuff. Is somebody talking about your company? Okay, well, let's prepare. How can you use that data to prepare for what's coming?
0: And so, and I, I will say that I have been working on building some uh, open source Intel stuff into classes. So that that is going to be happening in fall. So I may hit you up, you up for some for some suggestions on resources and that type of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. because because I've been looking at like with the IBM seeing some of their um, I can't remember the name of their their threat hunting group, but some of their intelligence that they put out that get that the academics programs get. Um, and, and there's, there's just, you're right. There's so much, every big company that's in technology almost has their own threat hunting group that puts out, uh, intelligence. Um, and, and, and that's really, like I said, a fascinating, uh, a fascinating area. So maybe we can spend the next like eight minutes just telling us about that and what you do day to day.
1: Yeah, so originally, I'll start real quick. When when I first got on the team, it was me, one other analyst, and my boss. Um, basically, the way the, the group works, we're called Recon Plus. The tool itself is just Recon. Uh, that's the module within the Falcon environment. Um, that does the dark web hunting. So basically, you can go in, you can put rules in place. Like say you wanted to watch for a threat actor, Kurt, for instance, or their ransomware gang. Um, you can put this into a rule and basically granulate the search as much as you want you say watch for the word karakert and siuc so then it will if anything comes up on the dark web that mentions those two things in a post it will alert you on it give you the full thread who posted it and so on and then you're also able to dig in deeper like on that author Um, you can click on the author within that environment and it shows all the posts of that author within a year within that site and so you can sit there and build an adversary profile off of that and be like okay well this person's posting you know, 10 posts during the day between the hours of 8am and 3pm, they clearly might be in this time zone. So what could be, you know, you kind of build that kind of thing up. And and that's what we like to do. Um, So day to day, we're going through all those alerts for companies. That's the plus. So we're basically like a white glove service for for companies who don't have the resources to um, facilitate Intel analysts to do the dark web stuff. Um, we go through, get the false positives because there's a ton of false positives that you'll sift through, right? We'll probably get like hundreds and hundreds of hits a day. And, you know, it could be somebody talking about just the school in general, for instance, SIU. You know, just be like, oh, I love SIUC. Well, that's not a true positive event because it's not really a cyber threat. We don't want to push that to the customer because that's wasted time. Wasted time. Um, so that's what we do. We sift through all that. We create monthly reports for them to say, hey, how many true positives you got? Um, you know, what seems to be the trend that's going on here? Um, who's your big authors are posting about you and so on. And, uh, yeah, that's primarily what our day to day is like is just sifting through alerts, finding new trends. And, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to improve the tool as well. So it's a never, it's a never ending battle of making that happen. Um, always adding in new stuff and, uh, trying to keep up with that. So, yeah. So, I guess
0: a point we should make is that the dark web is not a hundred percent bad stuff right so so like you said somebody could just be you know super privacy centric and and wants to talk about their you know their the things they like like SIUC on a forum that's you know a normal type of forum it's just on the dark web and and you know that's That's a perfectly okay thing to do. Um, But you guys, so if I understand this correctly, you've built some sort of like a crawler tool that scours the dark web, um, which we're, when we say dark web, we're essentially talking Tor?
1: I mean, so it does dark web and open sources as well. So we have like GitHub and things as well. But the big focus on is dark web.
0: Okay. So you're. you're, Don't
1: exclude open source because why exclude open source? If you can bring it in, you can bring it in
0: yeah yeah i mean it's not any extra work it's just pointing this this tool at different uh, different sources and and so you're 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 doing your own crawling your tools doing your own crawling and then somebody like you um do you have like a a group of customers that you specifically work for
1: so i used to um the recomb- <laughs> again i i think i put it on there i mean i got a promotion to a team lead for the incident response team for this now um but um, the recon plus proper group has each analyst is responsible for 10 customers. Um, and of the, and, and they go through their, as soon as they sign in the morning um, they look and see what meetings they have, or are there any customer meetings, you know, so they can prioritize their work. Um, and then they just triage those hits. Um, that's what's, that's what the base analyst does. Just goes in triages the hits, makes the reports. And then the, the team leader manager will, you know, Take that if there's a meeting or a customer tag up, put that all bundled up in a report and talk to it. Um, yeah. And then for this IR stuff that we got on, um, we started this up six months ago. Incident else. response. Yep. Incident response. Sorry. I use acronyms all day. Is- I just have to remember to say them so
0: everybody <laughs> knows them just in case.
1: So uh, me and a couple analysts, um, what we do is, is, so CrowdStrike basically has a hotline. Companies call in, they've been attacked by XYZ or something's going on. Um, that service engagement, uh, when they're doing an investigation, they can add our program into it for 30 days. And what we'll do is, is we'll look through open sources and dark web for them um, and see if like, hey, like, could this attack have happened from a leaked password on the dark web? You know, it, it gives them a, a bigger a bigger paintbrush to paint with when mm-hmm. an investigation is going, and it also helps the the investigation team as well who are looking at the network logs the the system packets and every or the system packets the system logs and network packets and so on um and that's that's what we do now and those are like 30-day engagements we host probably about seven or eight customers at a time for like i said the 30 days um we also pull down like files and so on from the uh dedicated leak sites if they've been ransomware so that way they can you know have it and do their investigation as they please with that um there's some there's some stuff with that legally but uh you know we're always we're always working with that um it's way more the the ir stuff is way more hands-on and uh, fast-paced because that first week two weeks after we get signed on to them you know we're talking to the incident responders and being like hey like what's the ip addresses involved what's the system names involved You know, give us some stuff that we can throw into our tool here so we can start searching because you never know a threat actor might post up and be like, hey, I got access to the WAN address, like the the firewall to SIU's uh, SIU's edge edge routers, Mm -hmm. you know, and they put the IP addresses in there and the logins. Well, okay, you're going to catch those IP addresses because you guys, you know, we got that from the investigative team or even you, the customer, and put that into our environment and found it. And so you can sit there and be like, okay, well, this is spread. How many people are posting this somewhere? Okay. How many people are claiming they have access? What all needs to change? You know, it leads to a more like quick, at least a quicker response for the customer as well to feel more warm and cozy with these five. I don't, I don't know how to say it. It puts them at ease whenever you find these kind of things, even though you, you think, Hey, like finding this is really bad. It actually puts customer more at ease because they
0: know you, they know they've got somebody doing something to help them.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and and it allows for that that painting to be painted correctly on what all happened and how it's happening.
0: And so, in most cases, these are customers who who maybe never dealt with CrowdStrike before, but some. but some of them are like, "Hey, we've got all of our systems no longer working. All of our stuff is encrypted, and we need to go to somebody because our three people IT shop." Um, can't handle this and so they call a hotline and next thing you know they're doing an engagement and I've always thought that having um, that 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 role that responder that that group that comes into an environment they know nothing about has got to be really really stressful um, but also kind of exciting and you get to do that
1: yeah it's 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 a lot of fun Um, there's some times where you know we we don't come up with anything um, from a dark web perspective, but at the same time, we're learning different methods from the IR team that's that's going on, and that we can take that into other cases as well. Because um, our our instant response team here is, is is pretty big. I mean, so it's like we work with two responders in each case, you know. So maybe that their knowledge isn't passed on to somebody else. Well. There's only like 3 of us analysts for the uh, Recon plus stuff. So we've been in prior cases, we share that knowledge with them and be like, "Hey, like is this something that could be going on? Check it." And there's been times where we've been they right right with that information. It's it's the intelligence portion that we provide that's it's that's, that's valuable.
0: And you provide that and and get involved with law enforcement on occasions.
1: So on occasions, uh I Don't talk to law enforcement so much. There's a person on the team that will do that. The, the instant response team, Mm -hmm. Um, depending
0: on who the customer is and what's, what's at stake.
1: Yeah. Um, It also depends how the, 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 the instant response is all laid out. Right. So if we're bringing in negotiators for ransomware us for the dark web stuff um, network professionals for the, like there's different groups that can be brought into an investigation well, then there's probably going to be one project manager overlooking all of it. Who's reporting the overall blanket to executives and law enforcement that's needed. So that way they're not getting pinged by eight different groups for one investigation. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, five minutes left. Really quick. Do you want to talk just a little bit about the work environment, like CrowdStrike
1: as a company? Is is the headquarters in St. Louis? Headquarters is in Texas. And actually, okay. I don't, there's an office here. I'm actually hundred percent remote, okay. which is part of the selling point of the job but uh the work environment's great uh i can't express that enough they're very work-life balance uh i'm I'm able to take off if i don't have anything going on the day i'm able to take off and go walks with my wife and kid go to the park at like two o'clock you know or something if there's so on if i'm on the road i'm able to work from from the road um but the work environment is great. Everybody's really receptive. Everybody works as a team. You know, any ideas are really taken in very well and listened to. And which the Falcon, is something-
0: the Falcon yeah. platform, your guys' product is is one of the top. You guys are getting all sorts of new customers, and it's really impressing um, a lot of people. You guys are on that magic quadrant up in a good spot, if I remember correctly.
1: I think we're in, the, in line or almost above Microsoft at this point. Well, cool. Which awesome. Microsoft, so, I mean,
0: so, not- <laughs> well, they do own the platform, so they've got an advantage. Uh, yeah. So, so you like the company, and you're happy with it.
1: I love the company. Love the company. Love the people. And
0: there's there's others from Southern Illinois. Is Gavin there?
1: I think he might be might be in a different group. I haven't worked with him. Okay. I thought there, there's a
0: couple. I know Quentin has talked before, and I'm working to get him. Um, he's a John A. guy. Um, all right. So anything um do any of my students because we got just a couple of minutes and I've got five rapid fire questions for you. Oh. Uh, students, Tony Tyler, uh, Amelia, any questions for Stephen? Yeah, I have one. Uh, do you guys do any training or anything like that before you start?
1: Uh, um, as far as like just like in, like how to handle the cases or how to handle the tool or um, like, like for a new employee? yeah. 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 So new employees always go through like a week long kind of like training, getting introduced to the tool, how the platform works, how the company works, you, you, the normal HR stuff as well. Um, when somebody gets onto our team, we do have like a two or three day kind of, Hey, you're going to shadow. Let's say me, for instance, I'm going to work with my customer to show you how we communicate, show you how we work, the how we work the alerts, how they're triaged, how to read into such things. Um, but yeah, so there's like a base training, um, and then probably
0: wherever group you end up in, they're going to have different levels of training to make you comfortable and competent. Um, which maybe I mean a month, I guess, if you're learning a very specific piece of software or role, or um, you know, that's that's I know that's a question that a lot of students have is, you know, you, you as a student cannot be expected to know everything you're going to do or work with in your new job, and it's their responsibility um, to, to make it so that you can succeed. And, and so if they want you to succeed, they're going to provide you with the training you need to succeed, because if they've gone to the effort to invest their time in interviewing you and bringing you on board, they want you to do well. So, um, so training, I would say
1: if you feel like you're not trained up on something, ask, just ask the questions and ask people around you, teammates and, and so on, even though like, like Tom's saying is you, they should set you up for success if for some reason that doesn't happen or you just don't feel comfortable don't be afraid to ask questions like yeah. that's that's a very key thing i i ask questions still every day to different people all the time like you just have to do it um but yeah awesome so, great question anybody else uh i got one go for it uh do you ever deal with like burnout at all with your uh, your current job or Yes, now,
0: all the time. Uh, man, are you kidding me? I got three kids. <laughs> you're talking to
1: Stephen. Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel burnout that much at all, really. Uh, primarily the big thing is, is the these incidents that we work are different all the time, um, and they're always just really interesting to be a part of, uh, because, like I just said, they're different. And you're, so, you're learning new stuff, and you're seeing
0: what is current and happening. Um, yeah. awesome. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to ask you these five questions real quick. I'm in no rush. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then does anybody else have any other questions before I do my five fun end of, end of the podcast rapid fire questions?
1: How does everything work online? Lo- or like online? Because you're remote. So how does everything kind of work for you? Like training, hours, things like that? Because I'm kind of curious how that all works. Yeah. So, I mean, I wake up. I get a coffee and then I come downstairs and I sign in. I mean, my hours, my hours are also dictated on kind of the customers I have and the meetings that they like get. I have like, there's been times where I've had customers in Australia. So I've had to work like meetings at 1am, 2am. So I'm not going to sign in at 8am and work all the way till 2am and then sign back in at eight. Right. Um, It's flexible. The the things, the, the times are flexible depending on the workload that you have um it's not like a strict schedule um unless you have customer meetings um or you have something to meet as long as you meet your requirements like triaging hits for customers at a certain time um you're good and that changes like i just said based on the customer
0: and and i think in general uh amelia good to have you here amelia um know when you get a when you get your first job out of of college a lot of those entry-level jobs are gonna be a little more strict with you know these are your set work hours and this is what you're to do and and then after you've kind of shown yourself and you moved up into um you know more uh higher level um positions there's a little more trust and the expectation is that you can handle your stuff as you need to. And you know, that's not across the board, but that's what we're seeing with, with with what you just said. You know, you you get your stuff done, you put in the hours. Sometimes you work more than you maybe were expected to, and sometimes a little less. Um, but but that's kind of one of the cool natures and benefits of of this career field is is opportunities. And especially with some of these new companies that you know have been around 10, 15 years and have grown up um, with with folks who are expecting to be you, you know, to not be a, a slave to the, you know, the the job, you know, that they, that they expect that they're going to be able to have a good work-life balance, because that's important. And that's something we talk about in that first couple of chapters of the textbook. Great question. Anybody else? All right. So I have five questions for you. Are you ready? They're fun.
1: Okay, I'll stretch here. Let's
0: And I like like these because people are in areas that I – you're in St. Louis. So what's your favorite kind of food, cuisine, or restaurant? Anything you in particular like to eat?
1: Buffalo chicken sandwiches from Cyberg's.
0: Cyberg's. Buffalo. I love buffalo chicken sandwiches.
1: It's the bomb. I'm telling
0: you. Okay. Any other St. Louis or or West County type things? What's that? Those are always a win. Toasted raviolis. Okay. St. Louis original. Awesome. <laughs> um, are there any books, uh, movies, TV shows, podcasts that you've gotten into recently that you want to you know, tell people about tech-related, not tech-related, just something that you've kind of enjoyed you want to like, spread the word about?
1: Darknet Diaries. That's one that, yeah. that's. I love Darknet Diaries. I listen to that when I I got a road trip like I said next week. I got three hockey guys riding with me. I don't care if they like it or not. We're listening to it the whole way. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, there's some good stuff there. A lot of dark web stuff. Right? things from from the good side and the bad side. Um
1: even yeah. think... pen testing stories too.
0: Exactly. I used to go to the paul.com security weekly for the pen test stories, but but the Darknet Diaries is a little more um focused on that type of stuff re- recently any anything else non-tech related got any non-tech. shows you've been binge watching
1: or uh, <laughs> bluey. bluey bluey's on a repeat in my house right now <laughs> uh non-tech show i guess would be uh blacklist on netflix i just started that okay so that's pretty good
0: cool uh, is there an area of technology that you are interested in learning more about for your personal use, knowledge, fun, or for work?
1: Uh, IoT, smart devices.
0: Okay, so I'm teaching a class in that now since right. uh, um, since probably
1: since after you've been gone. Um, anything specifically? Because like I don't really have anything specific. This basement since I finished it, I've been my wife has let me make this this the smart things playground. Okay. And so, uh, I, the lights they are they're, they're uh, they all run on the, uh, was that the Samsung smart things? Oh, you've got Samsung stuff. Okay. Yeah, I got that. And then uh, I got the, uh, the water valve that I'm going to actually put on here. I was hoping to do that this weekend. Cause I want to be able to do that.
0: to remotely turn off water
1: for the whole house. It does that. And also measures the water pressure. Cause I had a problem with my um, uh, what do you call it? The home warranty. Cause I had a, a seal break on my sink and they wouldn't replace it because my water pressure was too high. And I didn't have like a you, pressure, pressure regulator or something. Bingo. And so I found something that does both. And I was like, perfect. I'm just going to throw this on here. And it's cheaper than what they were going to charge me to do it anyway. So
0: yeah, all the fun doing that. Awesome. I'm going to, I might ask you about that. I always thought that would be something cool to have. Um, I, I have actually, I have looked into those. So I, I know the type of stuff you're talking about. <laughs> um where what do you want to do what do you think you'd like to be doing in five to ten years
1: uh five to ten years i like i mean i like to be managing a team like actually have like the manager title uh of a team and and kind of uh be overlooking a lot more stuff uh within within my team now honestly you Uh, like it yeah yeah i i love i i love working with people it's something that I'm. It's it's probably weird to be a techie and being like, yeah, I love working with people. I love talking all the time, but uh, it, it's something I I've always found that I'm I'm good with, and uh, yeah. So and
0: and the industry needs techies that that love talking to people, um, to you know, to show its value. Um, yeah, so absolutely. so I so I get that completely. And then uh, last question: If you could retire today and you could do anything you want, no object, money's no object what would you be doing
1: uh i'd be up in the mountains of colorado in my house my big house that's right off of the ski slope of breckenridge and i'd be skiing that's what i'd be doing
0: so so no not hidden valley down in south st louis you're going for the big
1: one big time go for the big one going for the big one
0: very cool Well, thank you very much for giving us your one hour and seven minutes. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I love doing these and I love, especially love reconnecting with students that are are doing cool stuff and, and you are definitely one of those.